0: This is The Union, the intersection between people, apps, and AI. We'll inspire and challenge you as we ask questions, uncover insights, and share inspiring stories about digital ecosystems and automation. Well, hey, I'm Scott King, and that is John Michelson. Hey, John, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Hey, you know, we talk about the intersection between technology and people. And when you're talking to people, you know, digital leaders, technical leaders, CIOs, and they're explaining their plans, sometimes you say you're going the wrong way or you're <laughs> going the wrong direction or yes. you have like this this common uh, rhetoric, right, around you're just making it harder one on yourself. Uh, you, you, you think you're making it easier on your people, but you're actually making it harder on your people and you're making it harder on yeah. yourself and you're making it harder on your ecosystem. What, what do you mean? So can you, when you say you're going the wrong way, what, what, you know, what are you talking to them about? What, yeah, what are you trying yeah. to make them believe
1: um, their future is gonna be like? Right, right. So uh, first, let me start with an analogy. Uh, I went to therapy, it didn't work. So I'm just going to stick with analogies. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, you know, you can get a certain speed on a bicycle. Now I'm not talking the motorized type, right? Uh, you know, if I'm cranking as hard as I can, I can get just certain... actually, the guy I'm with on this uh, podcast here could can uh, can lay it down for 100 miles at a high speed. So but, yeah, but
0: yeah, I think most my, of a...
1: yeah, I think like terminal
0: velocity for me is about 55
1: miles an hour. That's as fast I, as I've I, ever been. And 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 I think you're insane for that, right? But 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 be that as it may, there is an upper limit to the speed you can get on a bicycle. There is an upper limit that is it is obviously much faster on a motorcycle. There is much faster in jet propulsion uh, jet propulsion based vehicles. There's a even faster when we right. So uh, we we can only go as fast as uh, essentially the approach and the vehicle, the technology that we use to do it. So if you think about it that way. We started deploying new technologies into companies when speed wasn't the issue. Today, speed is an issue. Every organization I talk to is, a, is trying to embrace technology faster than they can actually do it. It's a classic case of if you could right now take everything you've seen in the market and bring it into your organization, how many things do you think that would be? Like, oh my gosh, it's 50, it's 100. It's an unbelievable number, right? And and by the way, I'd be switching out a whole bunch of stuff I've currently got that's antiquated or that doesn't approve right? Every one of us listening to this would say the same thing.
0: Yeah, we we get uh, some number of automated emails introducing some new technology every day. Like, I, there you I, go. Get 10, I get 10 or 12.
1: And let's hope for the sake of us having to read all up through a lot of that stuff, that at least one in a couple of those is worth our... Are are uh, are looking at it and potentially worth coming in. Now, how many can you? That number always comes out one tenth, one one hundredth. The number of the first, and, and this was literally a, a, a case I had once a manufacturing conference that I had, that I keynoted during uh, COVID. It was it was forty technology vendors around me, many of them able to transform the, sh- the floor of a of, a, of a of an organization, right? Everything from IoT to ERP. I mean, the whole thing, right? And that, and, and these organizations are like, we need to bring this stuff in. So I just splat out asked the question of the audience, how many of what you, th- how many, how much of what you've seen today? 40 different technologies have you seen? How many of these uh, are, are, are something that you probably could get value from if you partnered the organization? And someone yelled out all 40. And then I said, how many can you? Someone else yelled out four. There's the difference. Now, what that, the difference between that four and 40, is because we're going the wrong way. That's it. That's what that is. The going the wrong way. Now, so what is that way? Just being very, you know, pragmatist. What are, what am I actually saying? Let's say uh, Scott, you're running a retail organization, and you've got uh, you've got the good old fashioned tribal knowledge and human instinct from Sally to decide what your inventory levels should be on all your products, right? Um, you need a better way. So, what do you do? You go to market. You find a system. That if you feed it good at data, it'll calculate good information and provide your people with uh, uh, optimized inventory levels. It might even help you with uh, cyclical things and even, you know, all kinds of cool stuff, right? Now, what you're going to do to do that is you're going to bake off some vendors. You're going to bring something in. You're going to end up with what? 8, 10, 15 system integrations that you're going to have to build between that system and the various systems that need to feed it data and that what you want to feed data from it. And you're going to give not only Sally, but potentially hundreds of other people access to that application, train them, make sure they understand it, tell them they now need to use it in this new way. And instead of doing the other way, they got to do it that, that way. Right. And we do yes, this over It's got to be, yeah, that number, especially and sales and marketing systems,
0: you know, integrated to inventory. Yeah, weather. It's it's the strawberry Pop-Tart
1: example at Walmart. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, I exactly. get it. Over and over and over. That's why you can only do 40. Or excuse me, four, right? You want 40, but how many times are you are going to be able to take your entire organization through that kind of churn, right? Not that often. That's why you're going the wrong way because we've actually been doing it that way and that's why I say it's the bicycle versus the motorcycle or jet propulsed vehicle analogy, because we're using an approach that is okay, build in a whole bring in a whole new stack, UI, middleware, sort of system, zone data, all of this, and then integrate it across, make our people figure it out, change the standard operating procedures who's actually written them down, but there you go, we try to figure it out anyway. And of course, we just we just it's just too much. Um we want those capabilities. You want optimized inventory levels as a retailer and a hundred other new technologies that you need to bring into the organization to make you effective and all of that stuff. But you can't get to a hundred this year, my friend, hopefully someone else can't because if not, you are in serious business risk. Now the, pr- the, the problem inherently is we need to embrace more and more, but our people don't even want the new version of the software they've already got. So, The typical desktop's got 50 apps on it already. Users switch 1,100 or 1,200 times a day. And I have never heard a business leader say, I'm only at 50. Hey, IT, can you get me to 70? That just doesn't happen. Now, those business leaders are certainly asking for more technology and more capabilities. But we've we've made the mistake of associating that with full stacks and UIs and more change for humans. We want more technology at play. We do not want more UI. That's the simple way to say it. Yeah, someone that's will say, the going the wrong way.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll want the better like business outcome. You were talking about inventory. I want you know low inventory because I have low carrying costs. Um, but you know to do that, I got to build another app. So your example goes from fifty to fifty-one apps. Right?
1: Plus, plus the long tail of development. And yes, of all of that, apparently, we, we, you know, despite tons of middleware that we've bought in organizations, we're still, we still end up, and go, go check your own organization for this. We end up wiring an app into a dozen other apps on average. So we just have this massive overhead of it's not going to get there. So much so, by the way, there's a whole market of, automation technology that wires uis together we got so many apps we now don't want people to even use those apps and we're trying to get software bots to actually use the apps instead of the people this is the this is actually proof that we've truly been going the wrong way and when an organization looks at the number of actual systems of record the number of uh and and again this, this is very this is these are very common industry numbers we're not making this stuff up In U.S. large enterprise, to use really specific numbers, the typical large enterprise has about 1,000 applications that they build or maintain or they've bought. Only approximately 200 of those are actual systems of record, meaning it is the authoritative source of that particular information. The other 800 are just banging around in the environment so that so-and-so can have access to a few pieces of that information or so-and-so has a button to hit in order to make something happen we have this massive amount of in, of app inventory and of course all the infrastructure training and challenges associated with maintaining all that stuff but we're actually only pulling actual real value capabilities from about 20% of the systems that are actually deployed so that all speaks to me the wrong way now of course that begs the question what is the right way um and you've 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 heard me speak on this um, have I sufficiently kind of stated the problem, Scott, should I move on?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did have one question if, you know, from the thousand to the 800 and the 200, where, where did the 800 apps come from? Because the, the other, like the 201st app didn't do it. So now I had to do, like create another one. Oh. And is this, uh, is, is low code? Like, Hey, I can develop my own app now.
1: Like, Am I part of the problem oh, if I'm doing it? Absolutely, so much. Oh my gosh, you're so much. Of, you're so much. You're, you're literally doing exactly what we wouldn't want you to do if we were thinking more clearly about it. it, it look, right um, now. Now, look, you asked actually a great question. So, why did we build those 800 apps to begin with? if they're not actual, genuine systems of record. Well, the, the answer very often is, I I need a mobile app for my customer to access my uh, sales orders. I'm not going to stick SAP mobile on their phone. I'm going to build an app that integrates SAP mobile along with my customer data management system, along with my marketing uh, uh, informatic system, and blah, 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 blah. So here it goes, right? Not a system of record, but certainly, essentially, that's an example of when we have uh, humans needing processes automated that cross systems and or... We cannot provide direct access to those systems to users. There goes the 800 apps. Because what we've not realized is there's a better way to do that than, oh, let's build an app for that or let's buy an app for that. And, and that is essentially it. We need automation that crosses all of those systems, right? And those systems don't cross each other. You know, and the vendors are not thinking, okay, I built my inventory management capability. It's probably AI-based. It's probably really cool. It's probably got an ugly UI because most of most of those guys are not worried too much about their UI. Um, and, and they think, okay, I build my whole complete system. I can't build just an engine. I got nowhere to put it in. So I got to build the whole thing. And now I got to sell you the whole thing. I got to convince you my dashboards are really good, right? And you have now yet another UI to train your people on and get into the dashboard for you to frankly not look at, but the, but the, but the, the better approach, right? Let's get to that. The better approach is consider all of those capabilities in those 200 apps. And maybe there's capabilities in the other 800, by the way, but don't consider them as user direct user interface capabilities. Think of those as capabilities that can be accessed through, a fabric that weaves your people and those capabilities together and deploy to the desktop to the mobile to your website conversational interface to all of that framework of capability let's weave those things together let's bring in that new capability i'll make it super practical let's say we've already deployed this automation fabric, and by the way, that's a phrase that uh, I'm borrowing from Craig Leclerc at Forrester. Um, and what we do is very much in line with that particular uh, segment of thinking. You've already deployed this, right? You're, all of the folks who we who would uh, who would need to get the benefit of this inventory uh, optimization, let's say, has already got this kind of framework deployed which means they're not directly interfacing with their CRM. They're not directly interfacing with your marketing management system, your supply chain, your anything. They're just actually interacting. Think of it like Slack. Think of it like Teams or like uh, WhatsApp. They're interacting with people and with systems through that interface. And when you bring that new inventory management capability in, You bring that into the framework that exposes those capabilities to people who can weave it together and it just naturally flows in the conversations they already have. So instead of the, the current way that it works where, Oh, Sally, go to this other thing, re-input all of that information, let it tell you what you need to put on the PO to the supplier. It's no, 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 no. Whatever that, whatever's going on, that information's in the framework. It's already in that fabric. That system will get fed from the end user perspective completely automatically, and the and the systems will be connected together through that, and people will be connected to it also. So that is where we get to the right approach, because you know what? How many times you could do that in a year, as many as you wanted to, because implementing new software into that system doesn't require the human change management con uh, construct. That we've been talking about is the inhibitor to getting change faster and faster. So now you're not riding a bicycle, now you're at least on a motorcycle if you're not jet And that's the goal, right? We've got to disassociate bringing new technology into an organization with impacting users' tribal knowledge, systems, uh, 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 standard operating procedures, and training guides, and all of this crazy nonsense. Because if it if it's not naturally easily integrated into the back end fabric and just naturally interacts with people we will never get the velocity that we need and you'll be stuck with four times a year when your competitors are doing 40 a year that's not going to work
0: yeah that your your sally example of you know asking her where to go or she's asking somebody else where to go uh, because someone else does know the procedure, you know, probably because they've just been longer and they have more repetitions through it. Right. Um, and then, you know, training for that is it's, it's always got to be at least six months behind. Right. So if you deploy something, a new capability and you want to train users on it, uh, you know, retention, knowledge retention is going to be near zero
1: um, Scott, you're absolutely right. In fact, it's it's it, it's where you get the uh, you know what this sounds great, but I just don't see us being able to get it done. How I, you know, you and I have been enterprise software for a long time. We've heard it a thousand times, right? Man, that sounds great, but I just don't see our organization being able to embrace that. It's like, wait a minute, this has a great business case, yeah, but the friction. And the and the number of arrows in my back for doing this? Are you kidding me? Right? I mean, there are it is all around. And by the way, this is not me blaming IT or blaming end users for that matter. We're all just people. And this this is just the natural way that we work. In conversation, we embrace change with dramatic fluidity. You and I could be talking cowboys buccaneers, or the hopefully we aren't. We've we got a shot at the 49ers. We could flip right over to, Hey, by the way, it's benefits enrollment. And we could go right from there into when's the next podcast? There's no context switch overhead. You, you read online all this. Like, oh, you got to be careful with your people and concept switch overhead. Yes. If you are forcing them to leave their state of mind and follow some completely arbitrary techie thing, absolutely true. But if you embrace a conversational way to weave capabilities together that just naturally flow, Do they ever think that way when two new messages show up in WhatsApp? When they go from one topic to another, do they really, do they think, oh, wait a minute, is this this a training event? Do I need to, it just is not, whoever even thought that way, right? And yet somehow we've constructed this incredibly brittle approach in IT where everything's a full stack, everything's complicated, everything's complicated all the way to the user, and they are the system integration. If you've got 50 apps on your desktop, don't fool yourself. Your people are your integration technology. Your people are actually your workflow engine. You are not automating outcomes. Now, if you pull back from that, and uh, you know, here's one of those statements I frequently make when I'm on the soapbox. If you are delivering new technology that is removing more UI than it is putting on, by far, right? It, now you're moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Re- reducing the number of apps, right. Or removing the technology. So right. when you were talking about context switching and this reminded me of like when people call call centers or contact centers, mm-hmm. like they just want to talk to a person and not navigate through the, oh yeah the, the menu right. or the chat right. bot. Right. Because like the, the menu in the chat bot, it doesn't have any context. So you immediately want to go to a person explain your situation. And then they pick up the context of what you need. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen this yes. before.
1: This yes. is where
0: you need to go. Like we just need to eliminate that. Right. Because yes, yes. Um, I can call a contact center and I can talk about uh, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, the 49ers, the weather, uh, what have you. Right. And And that's picked up, right. It seems natural, but dealing with all with, you know, 800 different apps, that doesn't happen, right? So that's kind no, of what you're talking no. about.
1: Yes, and and you know, there's a future where better natural language understanding, a a, a voice based chat uh, technology like ours could could completely satisfy you. But right now, that thing can do four things, and it's going to try really hard to be convinced that what you said was one of those four things. Right? That's the frustration. I always end up saying agent or hitting zero myself, even though I build the technology that it goes into this kind of stuff because it's only got the ability to do four things. If I could just explain in my own language and you really do understand, and you've got decent automation behind it, of course I'd rather do that because it's faster. It's faster mm-hmm. and easier, right? If it's, if the website already provided the capability or your mobile app, I'd be doing that instead of calling in. But the limited scope of those things and the poor NLU associated in those things is why we're so frustrated with them. In my view, I think if there was a really rich experience out there, uh, you, you'd be fine with it. You'd Well, how, how about this? At least Scott, you'd give it a try. You'd yeah. find it worked. And, and, and if it didn't, you'd say agent, right? I, and and yeah. you just, right. It's yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't remember where I was. Like it, I was in some store and the the retail associate was logged into the system, right? And I'm trying to find out an answer. And I'm literally like, hey, can I just use it for you? <laughs> like, like, I just wasn't getting what I needed. And I'm right, like, hey, right. I bet I can find this. And like literally in a couple of seconds, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Thank you. And they're like, I have no idea. But right. If the technology had that capability,
1: it it would be easier. Um, so we, we talked about
0: you're going the wrong way.
1: Um, I, I, you, if you don't mind, I'd love to just make one quick comment on that. When you deliver a point of sale system that you got to train just plain old folks who are going to get a job for a few months and then quit and go back to uni, and you're trying to you're trying to you you put this ridiculously complicated point of sale system in front of them. When if instead you could just say, "Do we have any tomatoes in stock?" or "When do we get the next zucchini order?" and it would just tell them. Instead, you've got a menu structure that's ridiculously complex. You've got to remember all of the keyword jargon that the IT guys put baked into that instead of it using. That's the problem, right? So, so you're pretty good at navigating complex apps, but that's because you've been made to do it over years and years. Most people haven't. So, again, when we find our way to, well, that's why we wrote the tagline of the company to make technology understands people, right? But the, but the the goal is not to see how many apps we can get a human to deal with it's the exact opposite exact opposite so anyway i appreciate it i know we got to wrap up but but thanks for letting me make that additional comment
0: yeah so just um you know we we touched on the the wrong way is making the human do more um and then the right way is removing complexity so just some closing thoughts on you know if if i'm a uh if I'm a CTO, CIO, VP, mm-hmm. app dev, you know, whoever, you know, I'm, I'm actually delivering the capability that the business needs. Like, you know, what are some closing thoughts or some things that I need to think about as I progress?
1: So I, I would, I would look for a way because right now users hold IT hostage with, Hey, I know that system. Don't change it. Or, Hey, I know that system. You can't swap it out. I mean, you, you can not even, not only can you not enhance it. But, but you're, you're nuts if you think you can like replace that with another one, right? We've got, we've, we've got real life stories of the call center waking up one morning and saying, Oh my gosh, you updated the CRM, put it back. And they put it back, <laughs> right? Um, it, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. So I guess I would just leave it with that. If, if you reach the point where you can deliver technology at a pace that is from an IT perspective, fast, from a human perspective, that's too fast. You've got to find a way to do that. That's the the way to actually summarize what we're talking about here, right? You've got to be able to deliver technology change faster than humans can embrace it, which means you've got to make technology deal with the the technology change, not people. And one way you can really take that call center I just described, uh, example, if you could swap out a major system over the weekend and the business people that come back into the office on Monday didn't even know you did it, you've accomplished something unbelievable, right? Something that's unbelievably freeing and something that providing a tremendous velocity to your business. Because when you've done that, when you've taken the direct connectivity to your tech- technical capabilities away from people and instead provided them with the fabric that weaves those and all the other tech- capabilities together, you now have the ability to swap out X for Y or integrate Y to Z. And those folks don't even know what it happened. It's just a richer experience when they show up on Monday. And the messages might change, but you know what? They've never had the same text message twice. Well, I'm sure there's some annoying people who do the same text message, but for the most part, most people don't expect to get the same message twice, and and yet they don't deal with it as a oh my gosh, I don't understand this, right? So when we have when we embrace the way that people do deal with change, and when we isolate the technology and keep it in IT where it belongs. Man, you've got some great. Now you're now you're ready to be Star Trek because now you can act, now you've actually got the ability to just continuously deliver new and newer, and newer and newer and newer technology, bring in more and more capabilities at the pace that IT can move, which is much much faster than the business.
0: Well, awesome. Thanks, John. See you next time. Always fun. Thanks for listening to the Union. I hope it was insightful and caused you to think about how you can influence technical advancements at your company. Please subscribe to the union podcast series on your favorite podcast player to listen to past and future episodes. If you have a question for any of us or have a suggestion for the show, please email me at Scott at Thanks for listening.